Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in front. It's the TC Martin Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. They are even. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A power play goal by the captain. TC Martin. It's brushed on back by Richard Fox. Right up front. Younger fan inside of the net. Is now in. Happy Friday to you. A fun day. Fabulous Friday inside the Westgate Las Vegas at the world famous Superbook Our Friday Home. And yes, it is the TC Martin Show streaming live coast to coast, border to border, wherever you may be. And today we have got hoop to talk about, hockey to talk about. What else we got to talk about? I'm sure some food will get sprinkled in, some other things of that nature. <laughs> maybe some side wagers. I know that'll come maybe, up, too. Maybe. In the house with us today, strong lineup today, led by our quarterback extraordinaire, who is off here, fresh off his OTAs, wearing the shorts. The knee looks like it's in good shape today. He's ready to fire some passes downfield. Yeah. The one and only, the Super Bowl champion, Jay Schrader, in the house. Marco D'Angelo, our handicapper extraordinaire in the house. I guess I should say one of our quarterback extraordinaires and one of our handicapper yeah, extraordinaires he, because we'll, we'll have some fights, you know, <laughs> happening with our with our other uh, guests that are, are not present today. <laughs> but that's all good. And then Numchuck, who is one of our semi-capable board operators, engineers, producers at large back in the studio. Do you really want to bust his stones? Even I. Remote? Yeah, yeah. This is true. Yeah. He does control yeah. all, and that, all, the, all the buttons. Yeah. And that'll do it for the show today. Yeah. Yeah. Even I will say. <laughs> Very nice. Very nicely done. Who else have we got today? Oh, Jay Cornegate will be in the house, the uh, vice president of uh, sportsbook operations here at the Superbook. He, he will join us next hour as well, too. And there you have it. All right. Um, what's happening, fellas? Glad to have everybody here. The quarterback back with us in the offseason. I love it. I love it. Glad, glad to be back. It's summertime. we got all kinds of things happening here in Vegas, including traffic on a Friday. It was mis- <laughs> miserable getting down here today, but, you know, all the roads are under construction and uh, trying to get the freeway done. Trying yeah. to get the Grand Prix paved. It's crazy. All right. Marco D'Angelo in the house. Now, here's a funny story. I'll let you tell the story. Uh-oh. Okay. Marco is hanging on to a, a ticket right now, <laughs> a parlay ticket. Let me count. I, I teams. saw him get handed this ticket. One, as two, three, in. four, five, six, seven team parlay. Marco has. Now, I can tell you right now, this is not Marco's ticket because he wouldn't play a 17 parlay, right? Right, no. So I'll, I'll let you tell the story here. Uh, right before we came on the air. Some listeners come up and asked us to take a look at this, how we like the ticket. And wanted I, approval of the ticket. Wanted approval. Yeah. And what, I, what did I do when he handed it to me? <laughs> you handed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw one of, the, you know, one of his bets I was on, and then there was one I was opposite. I said, well, I don't like this one. Hmm. And what did he do? He went back to the window, got another ticket, exact same ticket, except flipped the bet on the one, and then he, he handed he, he, me a ticket, too. Yeah, yeah. the one that you said, I yeah. don't agree with you. Yeah. He ran <laughs> right back to the window. <laughs> got another ticket, two tickets, yeah. one for himself, and then says, oh, I'll give this to Marco. So, loyal listeners. I think you have to just roll down the ticket and uh, 
there's a lot of favorites on this. Okay. okay. Just, our listeners want to keep score at home. Okay. And, well, and again, let, and name the opposition if you can remember that, or, or I'll, I'll go the opposition. But this is a, a seven-team baseball ticket, right? Because that's all we got going today, right? It is it. We've got the he's got the Braves at minus a dollar sixty-two. He's got the Mets minus two fifteen. He's got oh, you'll like this one, uh, TC. He's got the Astros minus two eighty. Well, at least he's going to win one ticket. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they are playing the A's, by the way. Yeah, they are. Well, <laughs> he's got Tampa Bay, which was one of the ones I did agree with. They're yeah. minus a dollar twenty. He's got Boston minus one forty-two. He's got Seattle. Minus 160. Now, he originally had Baltimore, but he went back and changed Baltimore to the Rangers because I am on the Rangers tonight. And Rangers plus 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 122. That was the only plus on that ticket. Okay. And John John Gray pitching uh, for for them, right? Yeah, John yeah, that's Gray. correct. Yep. Okay, so that ticket, uh, what is that, $10 ticket? He's a $20 ticket? What is it? Yeah, he gave he, he gave me a $10 he ticket. He gave you a 10 Which $10? would return three fifty two. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's that's enough for a couple of meals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah thank you very much. <laughs> go, Marco, go, Marco, go. Go, Marco, go. <laughs> go, Marco, go. No. Numchuck, I know you, you. we have the big board up there in the studio. Where okay. are we at with the meal uh, count to that Marco's J and I right now? I mean, uh, I think Marco it, has, let me see. It's dwindled it down a little like bit. It's like seven. <laughs> we, got a, we got a touchdown coming still. Okay. Yeah. All right. When are we going to dine again? Whenever you say, sir. Okay. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Very impressive. Okay. Very impressive. I actually uh, invited Marco out to dinner the other night. But uh, he declined because you had you had a better offer, right? I I had reservations at a steakhouse. Yeah, I'm sorry, TC. <laughs> I wanted to go to our, our Mexican place. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so much for that. I got steakhouse reservations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. See, I I told the story on the air yesterday. I might as well give you the 45 version, the brief version about this because you guys probably don't know this, but the place where we like to go, yep. and uh, very comfortable, very good. And you know what my probably my favorite item on that menu is, right? The Albondigas soup. Yep. So I go in there and I said, get done, long work day, I'll go chill back in the booth, get an Albondigas soup, enjoying my soup, iced tea, chip salsa. And I say, okay. The, the I, usual. That's the, the usual. usual. Yeah, the usual. But a lot of times I'll go with a combo or something like that. But, you know, I do love their tacos there. I said, so I'm scooping up the final morsel of uh, that Albondigas soup. <laughs> and the server comes over. Anything else, sir? I said, yeah. Can you just bring me a one shredded beef taco? He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know who you I, are. I, I go, excuse me? He goes, no. No a la carte. You cannot get anything a la carte. I go, no soup for you. So I go, <laughs> no, I, I got the soup. <laughs> and I said, I can't get one taco. He goes, nope. You have to order a combination. Now, by the way, they only have two and three item combinations. Uh, right. Yeah, and, and, and the two item combo is now twenty one ninety five. The three item is twenty three ninety five. But uh, I don't want all that. Can, can I just get one taco to accompany my Albondigo soup? Right. Mm. That's what he said. No. Three times said no. Wow. I said no. No taco. He goes no. I go. I'm done. <laughs> bring the bring the check. Well, last like, time now, what do you think about that? It looks like we're going to have to find a new place to go. Right? Should we boycott? I mean, but here's what the problem is, Jay. And I, and I said this on the show yesterday, right? It's that it's inconsistent. It depends on who the server is. Yeah. I think yeah. this guy was afraid he was going to get yelled at with the cooks. But right. the last time we were there, if you remember, mm-hmm. I got the two combo and you piggybacked and said, make it a three and get me a And a why combo. did I do that? 
because I had this issue before, yeah. and I didn't want to have to go through that. Yeah. And you said, yeah, fine. No problem. And I, I thought you were just being nice to me because I was buying. <laughs> I was being nice. Listen, well, that's true. It would be nice because I very easily could have went my twenty three yeah. ninety five separate. But yeah. no, I didn't want to do that to you. <laughs> exactly. I'm not like the guy over here to our left. It's like, another margarita, please. <laughs> wow. It's, it's, wow. It's yeah, not margarita. He's Corona's, by I the told way. <laughs> Didn't I tell you when you stepped on ever since he got inducted to the Hall of Fame, man? It's, wow, it's, it's, it's been rough, fired, man. Just firing shots. <laughs> Listen, you lead the league in fire shots at me, D'Angelo. <laughs> and that guy is pressing the buttons back there, which I'll be nice to. There it is. All right. Speaking of shout-outs, shout-outs to uh, the lovely Beverly, who comes and takes good care of us. Uh, like I said, cocktail server of the year, uh, 1999 and running. She's fantastic. So a, a shout-out to, to Bev and the great crew here at the Westgate at, at the Superbook. So. All right, Jay, let's talk a little football, uh, you know, since I got you here. Is that yeah, cool? that's good. All right, that's so good. OTAs are going on with that, uh, with the Raiders, and we have news that came out that uh, Josh McDaniels was not really sharing with anybody that Jimmy Garoppolo had foot surgery, right. you know, back in March. And nobody's saying what kind of foot <laughs> surgery. Right. It's just yeah. foot surgery. What do, what do you make of this where a head coach or no one in the organization, and again, I'm not saying this because the almighty media needs to know. I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying that, but it's an, a foot surgery. It's off-season. When he was asked directly about this, he, he basically didn't want to talk about it. Right. Why? What is your take on that? Well, I, I think it's a combination of things. I think, number one, Jimmy didn't want anybody to know that wasn't serious mm-hmm. before he signed. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah what was actually going on and I think once they got down to it I mean you, you've got to tell the team hey look I need surgery I need to have this fixed uh, and obviously the Raiders were good with it so um, I don't think it's going to be a major thing uh, he's supposed to be ready for training camp let's you know let's hope that's the case but uh, it, it doesn't surprise me in today's world um, because there's been so much information overload over the past 10 12 years in the NFL I think coaches and organizations are like, okay, we're going to slow everything down here and, you know, not go back to the old ways where, yeah. <laughs> you know, they didn't tell you anything. Belichick? But I, yeah. But I think. Are you talking like, about the NHL? Yeah. Is that lower body or upper body? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, but I think they're trying to, I think they're trying to slow things down just because they don't want the media press out there as much as it has been. But, you know, the NFL dominates every month of the year. They have something going on and this just another way to to try to keep it rolling and rolling smoothly. So hopefully he's recovered and uh, he'll be good to go. Shouldn't be a problem, right? I mean, the season is three months away. He's going to be fine. Yeah, I don't think the season's going to be a problem. And, you know, the the good news is Jimmy's been in the system. He knows the system. It's not like he's got to learn the terminology. It's just going to be a little time away from the receivers trying to get, you know, things there. But, Mm -hmm. look. Jimmy and everybody else knows in the world it's going to be run through Josh Jacobs anyway. Mm-hmm. You're going to either you're going to hand the ball to Josh Jacobs or you're going to fake it to him and you're going to throw it to Devontae. So it's not <laughs> it's not rocket science, right? So let's <laughs> let's just figure it out. Then there's the Devontae Adams talk. Yeah. All right. And Devontae actually addressed the media yesterday. We'll uh, we'll play that sound for you on, on Monday when we come back on Monday when we're back in the studio. But, you know, Adams had said in an interview that uh, he did last week, uh, I believe it was with the ringer that uh, he did not see eye to eye on the direction of the franchise. And here was uh, 
the quote that he made at this uh, article a few weeks ago. He goes, the front office thinks this is the best bet for us right now and to put us in a position to be urgent. We don't see eye to eye on what we think is best for us right now. I'm going to have to buy into this and try to be as optimistic as possible. It's not what I expected to happen, but it's something that's the reality now. You've got a wide receiver that obviously comes from Green Bay, who's had a lot of success, has a great connection there, and recipient of yep. you know numerous Pro Bowl accolades. No question about that. Comes to Las Vegas, plays with his buddy Derek Carr. And think about that. Yep. Devontae Adams only had two quarterbacks in the last 15 years of his playing career, right? Right. Fresno State with Derek Carr, and then the one year last year, and then yeah. Aaron Rodgers all those other years, right? So he had said that he really hadn't spent much time with Jimmy Garoppolo, but now saying, okay, nice guy and all this other thing. He goes on to say, it all depends on the style of ball that we play. If we play a certain brand of ball, I can get Garoppolo to conform to whatever. But if we use him as a certain type of way, then it's going to make it tough for us to maximize who we should be this year. My goal is to win a Super Bowl with this team, and that's why I didn't come here just to be cute with Derek. It is really to try to have a shot and change this organization. What are your thoughts when you hear that? As a uh, former quarterback yourself. Uh, I'm not surprised. It, the bottom line, it's the truth. Okay? Right. Uh, he's speaking the truth. Let's right. let's do that. Um, I can see where he's coming from because, yeah, he lost his buddy Derek. And the way they treated Derek was, was not right. Mm-hmm. So all that, you know, I think the best thing. You know, that happened was Josh came out and said, hey, he's earned the right. The guy's earned the right to be able to speak his mind because he, he plays so well and he, and he does play. There's no question uh, on the effort uh, that he puts out on the field. So you got to you got to allow him to have freedom of speech. And in my mind, he spoke the truth. You know, everybody when when they signed Jimmy, everybody's like, is this really the best bet? You know, going forward for, you know, winning a Super Bowl, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if it pans out. How do you feel when that Josh McDaniels comes back and says, well, you know, he has an opinion, a voice, because he's earned it over the course of his career. Should a player, no matter how long he's been in the league, a veteran or whatever, especially a guy that's just been in your organization for one year, should his voice be heard? What's your feeling on that? Uh, I think you have to earn the right. Okay. I really do. Uh, I think you have to earn it by what you do on the field, no matter what the situation is. That um, doesn't mean you're always winning. That just means you're playing and giving your best at, at, a, at every chance you can. And uh, we talked about some guys last year during the football season, you know, that don't always do that, right? And, you know, those guys, they don't have a right to say anything. But if you're out there, you know, doing whatever you can to win every game, hey, I think you have the right to say it, but I I, I do agree it's an earned right. Uh, I'm old school. You got to earn the right to be able to do that. The fact that it, he's only been here one year, I get it from him. This is not what he signed up for. Right. Okay. So a little bit of misrepresentation there, going the different direction with the quarterback. But do you, would you have preferred that? Hey, let's have that conversation behind closed doors where the media doesn't. 
take it and run with it because they like to well, take things out of context too. Right. I think every organization would like to have it behind closed doors. You know, there's no question about it. But in today's world, how often does that actually happen? Okay. There's so much social media. Guys are all around. Everywhere they go, somebody's recording whatever, you know, they're saying. Um, so it's not surprising it's out there. It's not surprising that he said it. Um, I agree with the statement. Now, you know, if it were me and I was in Jimmy's shoes, I'd be like, all right, let me prove it to you. Let me go prove it to you. So I'd use that as fuel to go ahead and say, hey, Devontae, let's get this work in, you know, whenever I can. Let's get it done so that we can get to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to prove you that I was the right choice. Jay Schrader in the house joining us along with Marco D'Angelo talking a little Raiders, OTAs, uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo Injury, like we said, the right foot. Uh, you know, Garoppolo signed that, that contract, that uh, three-year contract worth $72.75 million, $45 million guaranteed. We've had some time to now, you know, marinate with this. Jimmy Garoppolo being a Raider, thoughts on Garoppolo, and what do you expect out of him with the system and the personnel that he has around him coming up here in September? Well, I think if the, the bottom line to me is Jimmy's a very good player when healthy, okay? And he's proven he can win in this system. He knows the system. Uh, the surrounding cast is, is really good, okay? I think they, the surrounding cast that he has around him. Now, the big question that we all know is what's the offensive line going to do? Um, up there. But as far as skill positions, they're loaded. They're good to go. Um big key is can he stay healthy which he hasn't been able to do and that's a big question mark in my mind uh darren waller uh, spoke out at, at the giants uh, otas yesterday we talked about that one your quick take on that and just to i'll repeat the quote that we talked about yesterday uh he does like the culture there with the giants only been there a couple of days he goes they value our opinions here as a player i feel like a lot of places i've gone now, I believe he was here in maybe Baltimore before Baltimore, that, for, and that, practice, that. Practice squad for Baltimore. Exactly. So, obviously, he's talking about the Raiders when he yeah. says that. Uh, I feel like a lot of places I've gone, you're told to do things a certain way, and you do those things. But here, it's like uh, they ask a lot of questions. They want to know what you're thinking, what you want to do more of. So, to offer input is a really cool thing because coaches and players have to be in partnership. We're all together and shouldn't be clashing with each other. We're all going in the same direction. That's what he's talking about with his you know, his short yeah. time here with the Giants. So when you hear the former all-pro tight end, former Raider tight end, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think it's twofold, okay? I think let's take it as a complete whole, yes, he's taking a little shot at the Raiders. No question about it, okay? Uh, on the other hand, he's also saying to the Giants, hey, I want to have some input. Okay, so I think it's, I think it's twofold. I think he's, he's speaking his mind where, hey, look, I think I've deserved, you know, earned the right to say something, just like we were talking about with Devante. I just don't know if he's there yet, okay? He's, he's had some good streaks, but he hasn't had the, the career yet uh, based on, what he's done because he's been injured and uh, I think they're asking him at the Giants hey what do you like to do what what are your you know what do you feel you're really good at and let's work on the other things so I think that's a loaded question where he's yes he's taking a shot and he's also saying to the Giants hey can I get some more input I, I think I have something to offer 
we know that uh, not everyone participates in the OTAs. Usually you are not there if either A, you are injured or rehabbing the injury, yeah. or B, you're disgruntled, not real happy. And remember, there are incentive, incentives uh, to come to the OTAs as much as anywhere from you know, $200,000, $250,000 if you partake in the entire off-season program. And most of the players, I say most, you know, agree to do it and, and, and others don't. They just want that off time. They want to be away. Um, how important is it, do you think, for to, to have all of your team there for the OTAs? Well, I think it's important just for the camaraderie standpoint because yeah. that's where it starts, okay? And you don't want to start on, the, on a bad foot where, hey, where is this guy? What's he going to be like when he comes in? I think it's important to be there whether you can participate or not. That's up to your health. Uh, I think if you're healthy enough, you, you go participate. Yeah. Um, it's your job. Okay, and these guys today are getting paid. They're getting paid extremely well. So they're getting paid extremely well to do that. I think you have to be there, and I think that's where you start to build that team. And I think, you know, I think that's why the people in New York are excited about Aaron. I think he's taken that on, and he's kind of encumbered that and said, hey, this is our group. We're going to go with this group. And how are we going to make it better? Schedule was different back when you played too. Really, oh, yeah. you didn't have these OTAs for the most yeah. part at all, right? It was yeah. it was pretty much training I mean, camp, and that was it. Well, we had off season. We we had some off season work, and it wasn't really a matter of hey, do you think you're coming? It's like no, you are coming. Right. You know, I got I got drafted, and you know, did the press conference and all that. And the second day I was there, I was I was working out, and Coach Gibbs says, "Well, you know, you will be here if you want to make the team." <laughs> I was like, "It's all I need to hear." Yeah. I was like, "I'm in." Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> no <laughs> choice guess, there. Yeah, I guess I'm not going back to California anytime right. soon. So yeah. you know, you you find a place and and you're there every day. But uh, you know, it's it's a different league. It's it's run differently. There's different rules uh, and all that. So uh, I still believe if you want to build that camaraderie, it starts now. Right. It starts now because this it's a little more relaxed. You can get the guys, you can actually see their personalities yeah. and, and get to know them really well. When you were with Washington, were you, were you a, a Maryland resident or were you a Virginia resident? I was a Virginia resident. Okay. Alexandria? Uh, I was in Reston, Virginia. Okay. Okay. And then I was in Great Falls, Virginia after that. I built a home in Great Falls, Virginia, which was, you know, two things happened. I built a home in Great Falls, Virginia, and I became the player rep for Washington, so I got traded. <laughs> <laughs> Put that house on the market. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, but it was all good. Uh, nice you know, area back there, though. It, it is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it's beautiful country back there. People are fanatics back there and uh i hope things do you have some rowdy neighbors back there i actually uh you know when you came home like after a bad game did you hear about it or no not not too much uh (laughs) you know i was i was kind of secluded i was back at the at the time when i built the house in great falls um, I was back through a bunch of farmland uh, and then some woods, so you really couldn't see my place from the street. So I knew every time somebody drove up the driveway two-thirds of the way and then backed out, uh, you know, it was pretty awesome. But uh, the guy, uh, my next-door neighbor was a lobbyist, and we shared the first two-thirds of the driveway before it split off. So um, he actually took care of all that for me. He was like, we're going to get that fixed. I don't want people driving up our driveway. I hope, like, you, didn't, okay. you, hope you didn't have to snow blow in the winter. Uh, I did not. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I, I left those, those days. long driveways, man. I can't. Yeah. Oh. I, I, left, I left those days in Wisconsin and Minnesota. Thank you. I was right? like, I've 
I have no desire to do that anymore. Uh, so. You and yeah. me both, my friend. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would say, you know, in, when I was house shopping, when I moved to Green Bay, okay, I wasn't even thinking about the winter because you know, it was like August, early September, yeah. right? This sort of thing. Luckily, I had a pretty right short. Right before winter hit. Short, yeah, short drive. <laughs> so, luckily, I had a pretty short driveway. My walkway was kind of long, but yeah, I would go over to people's houses and they would have like these long driveways, and I go, "You're out of your mind! You're crazy! <laughs> yeah, right! You're crazy!" My son up in Salt Lake's got this big old snowblower, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, "See, I don't want, I don't even want to see that because that just tells you yeah. that bad things are coming." I had a guy back in PA. We <laughs> had a snowball. He come in and did my drive. He, he did my he's grass got a, and he's got a guy. He's yeah. got a guy. He's got a guy. I will admit, I had a guy too. Except okay. he was my next door neighbor. The kid yeah. that lived next door, right? Well, the only problem was he was great when, you know, 14, 15, 16. But then once he graduated high school, I don't got time for you anymore, man. <laughs> right. And then, then the kid got a scholarship uh, to go to Xavier. So he went all the way to Ohio, man. I, he, he was, I, I was done. So that's why I had to do it myself. What's his You messing with the kid? <laughs> the Blues Brothers. I mean, I love the Blues Brothers. I got no control over here. I mean, you know, it's one thing when I'm in the studio, I can kind of see what this guy's doing. But we're on location. I don't know what the heck he's go- what's going on here. I like it, though. <laughs> Me too. I like it. It's all good. Should we just play the Blues Brothers hits for the next hour and a half and call it a day? There we go. Well, you know, we were talking, you know, about guys, you know, Darren Waller and all that. I mean, you got a situation in baseball right now, okay, with the Phillies. Yeah. Trey, Trey Turner, you know. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's struggling. There's no question about it. And and every baseball every baseball guy in history has struggled at some point in time, with the exception of Rod Carew and Tony Gwynn. <laughs> Right. Okay. So, but everybody else has, has struggled, and uh, you know, I I appreciate what Trey said. He's like, look, I've sucked, yeah. you know, and you know, he's struggling. He's fighting himself more than he's fighting anything else mm-hmm. right now, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's a baseball player's biggest mm-hmm. nightmare is when you fight mm-hmm. yourself. All right. Speaking of uh, baseball, it is time for our daily breaking news update. Oh, here we go. Here we go. The A's have lost again. <laughs> but how many people were there? Over 4,000 well, or under? I'll, I'll get there to that. Okay. A's lost again last night. And the night before. And the night before. And the night before. Also, the night before. And the night before that. The night before that. And the night before that. Record now, Jay Schrader. Do you know what the Oakland A's record is right now as we speak? Uh, I have no idea, but I know it's not good. I, Ten and forty-two. I, I was going to say, I, I was like, they, have they hit double digits in wins yet? <laughs> that is eleven of the last twelve, sixteen of the last eighteen. The worst record after the first fifty games since the nineteen thirty-two Boston Red Sox. There is your daily Oakland A's losing update. Yes. The books are a little bit happy. They finally covered a run line. They only lost by one last last night. Oh, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Now the fans uh, don't. That doesn't come into play with this update because they were on the road in Seattle. Okay. But guess what? They're back home tonight against those world champion Houston Astros. <sighs> Minus what? Two sixty tonight, Marco. Two eighty, I think. Yeah. Dude, yeah. can I just do it now? Let, let, let's just say it now. They're oh. gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, let's see. Who the Astros got pitching tonight? They got one of the Ham and Agers pitching. They got one of the, like their, their number it, four or five stars. Does it matter? Probably yeah. not. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, does it matter? They, they were just in Houston last week and sweep for the Astros. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what do we, we got tonight? Oh, well, no, Hunter Brown's going. Oh. So I'll have action tonight. Okay. I'll have go. action on that. I'll take the Astros. There it is. Against James Caprillion. Marco, he's terrible. His, his, his ERA is, is me and his mouth. I was going to say Jay Schrader like, but Jay was the catcher. But eight point six eight is this Hammondager's ERA, Caprillion. And how many runs a game do the A's do? Average? How many do they average? Nothing. Not yeah, yeah. About yeah, two. They're not scoring a lot of runs. How about, how about these pitch so, stats? Yeah. The, the odds are in the in the Astros' favor. So I mean, you you know baseball real well. I mean. When you pitching stats, a guy will have probably usually three or four, maybe five times as many strikeouts as he does yeah. walks, right? Caprillion, 30, 30 strikeouts, 19 walks. That's not good. Not that's good not at good. all. No, that's not good. No, that's good. In the ERA of 868 right now, 0 and 4, by the way. Make it 0 and 5. Yes. Yes. The A's dead last and runs allowed, dead last in batting average, just about dead last in. In everything, yeah, yeah. Hey, let's just let's just say it. The A's are not very good right now, um, and in a that's couple co- in a in a couple of years, I think that's going to change. You know. All right. So how do you feel? How do you feel about the proposed move here? I, I think it's a great move. Uh, you know, the A's are going to come. Obviously, with everything going on here in Las Vegas, we know that they're going to get back. Um, they're going to have to make some changes. There'll be there'll be some money spent when they get here. That's the way I look at it. They're just kind of, you know, hanging on by a thread until yeah. they get here, and then they'll spend some money and get some guys to come. Uh, this will obviously be, be a place where, where people want to come. I see them doing a lot of what the Knights did, go getting these guys that have been proven but are on the enders, end of their career yeah. and say, hey, look, come play here for a little bit, and they'll get re-energized, and I think the Start turning you just around. described uh, David Justice yes. you know, going back so, in the day. Yeah. And that's always kind of in the A's model. The farm system yeah. w- was very good, and they would groom these guys. And the problem, as you know, they would just ship sure. them off and get what they can and try to right. get more prospects and build, 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 and they could never get over the hump. And, again, for a team that had such a low payroll, one of the lowest payrolls in Major League Baseball for so many years, they would get to the postseason, even yeah. win the division, and then they, they, yeah. they, they wouldn't make it from there. But it's just I'm just wondering after last year and now this year, which they could have, you know, maybe the worst of all time, at least in recent memory, um, what's gonna happen the next two years? Next year they got one more year in Oakland. One, one more year okay. in Oakland. So you know it's gonna be the same thing. Right. They're they're not gonna invest anything. But then they're gonna come here and they're gonna probably play two years in Summerlin at the Las Vegas ballpark. Right. But, you know, capacity of ten thousand fans, you're not gonna the money stream isn't going to be flowing in until you get your new stadium and you have home games at the 30,000 seats stadium. So it could be a rough four years before they even get here. It could yeah, be the same thing, right? It could be, but I, I think some of the corporate partners will kick in and help bring that money up. You know, What's the incentive, though? What's the motivation for these corporate partners? Well, there's a long history of, yeah. you know, sure, there's some good, great history, traditional right. days, but the recent history is this. And then now, right. again, literally, they're going to be the fourth or the fifth team here on, yeah. you know, on the landscape, the totem pole, whatever you want to say, right, right here in, in, in Vegas. And again, it's a transplanted team. It's not organic, you know, so there's, 
I'm just not sure how much love they're going to get from fans and corporate sponsors. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I yeah. mean, to this point, Vegas has been pretty open with, yeah. you know, uh, and I can only speak for doing stuff with the Raiders. Right. You know, uh, it's it's been phenomenal how they've embraced the Raiders. So, uh, you know, on that regard, hey, look, is it going to be like the Raiders? No, it's not. Okay. But yeah. I think there's a possibility for, for a good upside. The fact that they're going to actually play a year or two in Summerlin, because there's only going to be 10,000 seats, right. it is going to be a novelty playing yeah. in that ballpark. So yeah. there are people because it is Major be, League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. Gonna, seats will be a commodity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they'll have interest there. In let's face it, they're not getting 10,000 at home now. You know, with with what they got in next year, once it's official that they're gone. They're like a de- it's like a lame duck coach. Yeah. Right? Who's going to go? You know, they're not going to put any money in that ballpark. Yeah. You know, it, it's going to be a bad situation. Mm-hmm. And when you talked about that, they were competitive before. The one thing that the A's always had, and I always looked at the A's and compared them to the Pirates because they're both small markets. But the A's were much more successful. And again, it goes back, you know, to the movie and you know, Moneyball yeah. and all of that, and, and it worked. But they always had good pitching. All right. The the prospects. I mean, you had Sonny Gray go through this system. You had Chris Bassett, who's pitching lights out right now. That was an A's, you know, come up. So you don't have that right now. There, there is no bright spot really on this roster, and it's depleted. And you know, and if you're a free agent, you're not going there right now. Yeah. Do you want to play there? No. That's my point. Exactly. They're not going to attract any free agents. I mean, look at the guys on this roster right now. They're basically aviators. For the most part, that are up there, and even some double A guys. All right. And then you got the veterans that, like Tony Kemp and people like that. Poor Tony Kemp. I mean, he was with the Astros all those years when they were terrible, Terrible. and then they got good, and he goes to the A's. But it's guys like that that are, will play kind of like for the league minimum and, you know, older veteran, you know, you know, type of guys. And yeah, you talk about the pitching. We talked about that the other day. I mean, you know, you mentioned some recent times, but then you go back a little bit. You Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder. Well, I look, mean, those we, guys. We just we it, just lost one of the best, Invita Blue. Invita yeah. Blue. Then you go way yeah. back to you know, I mean, those guys. Oh, Catfish Hunter. Yeah. You know, Mudcat Grant, Invita Blue, Ken Dave Holtzman, Stewart. Dave Stewart. Yeah. Uh, who, by the way, by the way, will be on the show on Tuesday. Smoke oh, nice. Stewart. Yeah, yeah. Dave's good friend. He was. Uh, uh, been a lot on the golf course. I don't know who's been on the golf course more, him or you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Dave. Uh, he, was, he was on the golf course a lot, you know, yeah. uh, back then. But yeah. uh, I do have to tell you, uh, I was just up in outside of Fresno uh, doing an autograph signing in there. Yeah. And uh, one of your best friend, Dusty Baker's friends, a guy by the name of Steve Garvey, was there. Yes. So yeah, all I, right. haven't, I haven't seen Steve in, gosh, 20 years or so. And, uh, the first time I saw Steve, I was the L.A. All-City catcher, and we were introduced at a Dodger game. How cool is that? And that yeah. was the first time I saw him, and you know, then I got working out with those guys and stuff like that. So uh, it was nice to see him. He looked good. He's, yeah. he's doing well. Good. Excellent. All right. How much do you miss the Oakland Coliseum? Uh, not at all. <laughs> From a baseball or football standpoint, right? Neither. Neither. And that, yeah. that's like saying, you know, I miss the old Philly stadium. Right. That, right. The, oh. the two of them needed yeah. to be blown up big time. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, no question about it. So, yeah, don't miss that at all. Unbelievable. All right. He is Jay Schrader. Marco D'Angelo in the house as well, too, as we continue on here on this fabulous Friday edition of the T.C. Martin Show inside the sportsbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. We uh, continue on here. We come back. 
We'll talk Golden Knights. That series still alive after their loss last night to the Dallas Stars. Also, we'll talk NBA playoffs. All right, no game tonight, but we've got to look ahead to another game six tomorrow between Boston and Miami. Meanwhile, the Denver Nuggets are just waiting. Florida Panthers are waiting. And the Las Vegas Aces improved to 2-0. And tomorrow night, ring night, the home opener. We'll talk about that as well, too, right here on this fabulous Friday. Elwood, you want to mess with the kid? Hi, this is Natalie Williams, General Manager of the Las Vegas Aces, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Live here at the Westgate Las Vegas inside the world-famous Superbook and also home for the Comedy Cabaret. Fantastic comedians here each and every weekend, 10 o'clock show. And tonight, do you know who is in the house? Jay Schrader and Marco D'Angelo. Do you know who is here this weekend at the Comedy Cabaret? Do not. I have no idea. The one and only. Kid Dynamite. Oh, Jimmy J.J. Okay. Walker. Dynamite. J.J., <laughs> where you at? Come on by here. J.J. <laughs> um, and I have history, too. So, J.J., um, had hosted some of my concerts, you know, back in the day when I was uh, uh, my concert promoting days in in Sacramento, and uh, yeah, we used to have uh, some good times here. Many people probably know he he does live here, but uh, he's still doing his thing. He had performed all around town, and uh, he's here at the Westgate this weekend. So no pun intended when you said good times. Yeah, good, good times. times. <laughs> <laughs> These are good times. <laughs> but yeah, good times, baby. Uh, yeah, I love that show. We're old enough to remember that show. That's, that's <laughs> a scary part. That is a scary part, right? Here's, here's the thing. Half your audience out there is like, what is he talking about? What are, right, they, right? What are they talking about? Now, Who's listen, J- now, who you, is J.J. Walker? Now, now, you know Jimmy J.J. Walker, obviously, yeah. right? And oh, you, yeah. I mean, in your celebrityism, have you ever uh, chance to... I have, not run run into him into, I have not run into yeah. him, no. Good dude. So what's funny is, uh, back in the day, this is before you moved here, Scott Spritzer would remember this. So we used to have the uh, the uh, the contest over at the Stardust. Mm-hmm. And it was, what are they called? The, if you wanted to call it celebrity uh, contest, where it was you know, mono on mono and be right. a tournament, yeah. that sort of thing. So Jimmy Walker was in that. I was in the contest. And I never went up against Jimmy, but... Um, I remember being there, it was like the week after that I was on. It was like, you know, every, you know, Friday night you had to pick seven games against the spread. So you you pick your games, have your opponent pick your games, then you kind of debate and, you know, best record advances on to the next round at the end. You know, you win your, you know, you win the money. So never forget, I go there and say, okay, I might be facing Jimmy next week or whoever he was going against, right? And here's Jimmy. All right, who do you got, Jimmy? Okay, I've got the Montreal Alouettes. <laughs> I got the Calgary Stampeders. <laughs> this guy's picking the CFL. And everybody, wait, 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 no, no, no. This is NFL. This is you know college. Here we go. He goes, you said I could pick any game on the board. <laughs> and they go back, uh, ruling here. Uh, yeah, we didn't really specify. That it just had to be NFL college. Yeah. So he got away with betting the CFL or picking the CFL in the contest, and he would zone in on. The Canadian Football League. I have a feeling somebody lost a bet over here, yeah. Marco. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. He's, he's, he's putting I mean, an asterisk up yeah, on his win. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Years and years ago, and he's still holding on. Man, that was like 1994 or something Let like that. Let it go, man. Let it go. I you're said, well, on, I'm just, I'm just saying it was a funny story. Hey, I say I was affected by it. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Just yeah. let it go. You know? <laughs> so the guy, Stardust caught I mean, 
It you, was great. You and his, that was the big deal. It was. They would put the matchups on the marquee. I know. Yeah, it was, I was on that marquee, man. There you go. I no, I never participated in the start. Because you were still in Pittsburgh, you're like you're you're in the harness, you know, yeah. over the <laughs> over the track over there. He's going to the whip. There's D'Angelo in the buggy. That was called the buggy. Didn't that irritate you for people calling it the buggy? Yeah. Because yeah. you know, if you're harness racing aficionado, you don't like to hear that. No, no. but yeah. unfortunately, in harness racing, some of the horses in the aftercare program go to. Buggy country, go to the Amish. The yeah. Amish buy harness horses a oh. lot. Wow. Seriously, no. Yeah, really? They do. Yep, because they're already, they're pulling carts. Yeah. Oh, there yep. you go. <laughs> I'm sure you've got a couple Amish stories, Mr. East Coast. <laughs> I, I, I have several yeah. Amish stories. Right, we'll, just, we'll just leave that one alone. Yeah. Let's just not go there. All right. Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, thought it was going to be a sweep. Marco, honestly, did you think uh, the series was over last night? I thought it would be over last night after what happened Tuesday night. You know, full disclosure, and I told you, I was on Dallas big on Tuesday. I just yeah. thought going back A lot of people there, were. Yeah. This, was, this, was a, this was a series that even though the Knights were 2-0, it should have been 1-1 and really could have been 0-2 the other way. I mean, da- they were in the games. And I thought going back home, Dallas would, you know, must win. You know, we hate to use that phrase. Yeah in sports, but it's there. And they come out, they give up the quick goal, that silenced the crowd, but then the five-minute major penalty, that ended the game, okay? When they scored, you know, in that penalty, the game was over. You lose, Plus, you lose your captain and everything else. I thought they would be a no-show last night. I didn't get involved in the game. I just watched the game as a fan and uh, was hoping for the sweep. But, it, you know, give them credit. Third game out of the four overtime. Yeah. And the goals that they're getting... Aiden Hill's been absolutely sensational mm-hmm. in, in these playoffs. They're they're fluke goals, you know. Yeah. It, it's either a turnover or that one that you know bounced off. The, how many times the you ricochets. see it right off yeah. the bat? Yeah. It comes right out in front of the net to a, mm-hmm. a yeah. guy that just has to tap it in. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden Hill's been phenomenal, and he's playing for a big payday. Mm-hmm. Every win, yep. you, can, you can hear the you know cha-ching <laughs> yeah, yeah. going in there because he's going to be a free agent that mm-hmm. you know nobody ever saw this coming. Yeah. But he's never played on a good team yeah. before. Yeah. Kind of like the uh, backup quarterback who gets thr- thrust in after yeah, an injury yeah, or something, yeah, right? right? And then you start proving yourself, yep. cha-ching, cha-ching, right? Right, yeah. You start climbing that ladder pretty quickly and yeah. all that. But uh, I was I was proud of Dallas, you know, last night for fighting back because right. you know they lost. The game three was the first game where it looked decisive, yes. right? And you were wondering how they're going to get. But you know, as a former professional athlete, I like guys when they go, "Hey, we're not getting swept. We may not have come back and win the series, but we're not going out 4-0. We're going to fight our guts out." And they did a heck of a job. And it's been, you know, one goal games up okay. until you know game three. So uh, it doesn't surprise me, but uh, I was very proud of Dallas for coming. I still think the Golden Knights are going to win it. Um, So, you know, it'll be fun here in Vegas to have the Golden Knights in the championship. That's for fun. So 3-1 is the series now. And you mentioned the three of the four games going OT. Remember, they faced each other three times in the regular season. Two of the three went went shootout overtime, you know. Uh, Both of those were victories for the Stars. But, yeah, last night... um, the Golden Knights lose three to two. Series now three one. Carlson scored the goal 
uh, a minute, what, uh, no, four, uh, just a couple minutes Makes into the game, right? Yeah. Just a couple minutes into the game, boom, it's one nothing. I think everyone's thinking like, here we, oh go, boy, here we go. Here yeah. we go again, right? But then Robertson scored to make it 1-1 with 15-42 in the first. Uh, we go to the second period. Marsha Show gets his eighth postseason goal. Been fantastic. That gives the, uh, gave the Knights the lead back 2-1. And then you guys are probably thinking like I am, okay, they've got it back now. Crowd comes back down to earth. But then when Dallas tied it, Robertson yeah. scored again to make it 2-2. It's like, mm, okay, now we've got something going. Third period comes, yeah. no scoring at all. And now we go to, to, to OT. Pavelski gets the game winner, 3-18 into the extra session. And Dallas wins 3-2. But it is still three games to one. Right. They still have a long way to go. And remember, the Golden Knights not only have home ice advantage in game Five, but if it goes seven, you know it's back here for that. So it really is an uphill climb, a little bit different than the scenario with Boston and Miami in the NBA Eastern Conference Final, right? Because Boston has that home court advantage. So games, you know, five and seven, right? In Boston, got Game Five last night against Miami. Well, it also, you know, as as a guy that played at in the NFL and all that. These teams have got to find a way, and it's hard. It's hard. It's to find a way. You know, there's no nice way of putting it except to say, you got to be able to step on their throat when they're down. Because if you yeah. give them anything, they're going to find a way to battle back. And they're going to find a way. If they, if they stay in the game long enough, you know, it's one play. It's yeah. one fluke <laughs> rebound. It, you know, yeah. all that, it, it changes the game. So, and that's a hard thing to do in sports is to can you continue to push when you got a team, continue to push and go, hey, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. We got to get it done. Because everybody's everybody in the building is seen for two days hey we're up 3-0 we're up 3-0 we're up 3-0 we got home coming up we're up three you know it's hard to go out and push uh to get it done so uh it'll be interesting as i said i like the golden knights in the series i think it'll be you know 4-1 here i don't think it's going to go any any farther than that Uh, unlike you know in boston i'm not sure I'm not sure because they were so darn good during the regular season when they hit threes. Um, that one is, you know, a little iffier. So that point spread again went skyrocketed last night as well too. You see that Boston at, in these home games basically been double digit, you know, favorites. Yeah, not quite that high last night, but but close. What eight and a half? It's eight. And a half. Eight and a half last night, and that game was close for maybe six, seven minutes, and then boom, here comes the eruption with all the three pointers again for the Celtics, and they won at home. As we know, yeah. you know, they lost five out of eight games on their home floor as yeah. a number two seed. So you're thinking like, okay, maybe, I, you know, maybe this isn't it, you know, for and them. And blown leads. And yeah. blown leads big time. Yeah. And really getting blown out in some of these games. That one against Philly lost by 30. I mean, it was a joke. But uh, now you go back to Miami. And again, I've said this all along. I love Jimmy Butler's demeanor. Oh. I love Eric Spolster's demeanor. It's like, we want to win four yep. as soon as we possibly can. We're not getting ahead of ourselves. He had the same demeanor after they were up 3-0 yeah. that, they, that he had last night. Yeah. And now they got to go back. You're right, Marco. The pressure's on Miami. They realize it. But I, I got confidence in Miami. And guess what? Boston's favored again. Yeah. They've been favored every game. and They're a three-point favorite coming up tomorrow night. And all of the pressure in the world is on them because nobody has lost a 3-0 lead right. in this this round of the playoffs. Yeah. And 
they got to get it done. Hundred and fifty and zero, my friends. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to go back to <laughs> you do not want to go back to the garden for game seven. So yeah. you know they're saying all the right things, but I can tell you. Things are puckering up a little bit down there in Miami. And that first quarter is going to be key, is how they come out, you know, if they take the lead. But if you go back the other night, they had a nine-point lead at the end of the first First quarter quarter, where they, you know, in a closeout game and let Boston back in the game. Yeah, they did. Yeah, all I know is the only job in sports that I really don't want is right now is the psychologist for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is with those guys, but you know they are they're up and down uh, in the playoffs. The regular season they were you know phenomenal, but uh, for them to come back, so you know that's going to be an interesting series. And I like you, Marco. I. Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster, they impress me a bunch. They really do. And uh, Jimmy just goes out and plays, and Eric stays level-headed. I'm sure there's times when he gets a little crazy like every coach, but, uh, you know, he's saying all the right things and everything else. And bottom line is, can can the Celtics throw it in, in the basket from beyond the three-point line? That's... That's the make that's or the break. tail. That's, you know? that's the make or break point yeah. for the. We Celtics. say we can't figure it out, but they're doing the exact same thing they've been, been doing, doing all year, year long. Okay, yeah. if they're hitting the threes, they're going to roll. If they're not, they're going to lose, and they don't deviate from that. And I think that's where the problem is. Unlike the Warriors, people talk about the Warriors. Oh, you know, they don't live and die by the three. I mean, Steph Curry is driving to the paint. He's all over the place. You got all of those those actions that are going on. You see the backdoor cuts. It's a beautiful brand of basketball. You don't see that for the most part with Boston. I mean, it's it's hanging out by the three. You'll see some high pick and rolls. Uh, you'll see some drives. You know, uh, in, in the middle of the paint. And, but for the most part, it's it's three fest. They hit 16 threes last night. 16 to 39. You shoot 41 percent from beyond the arc. You're going to win. And Miami made nine. You go back to the game before where they were down 3-0 and they had to win that game in Miami they did they made 18 threes in that game Miami only made eight so I think there it is plain and simple right can they continue this but I think the answer is no they can't continue it game in and game out because they're going to turn in a game where they're going to be you know nine for 42 it's going to be it's going to happen right either in game six or seven the question is who do you like tomorrow night in Miami, do you like the dog at home getting three, three and a half, or are you going to roll with Boston? Based on the way this series has gone and my uh, success rate with Boston <laughs> in these playoffs, I might be You're watching. You're flipping a coin. I get it. Yeah. I, I might be watching the game. Yeah. I hear you. you know, and being a, that it is a closeout game, which the last two have been closeout games, I kind of lean to the over in the game because – if Boston is going to be in the game, we all agree it's, they're going to be hitting threes. And that means Miami's going to have to be answering yeah. them. The lower the scoring game, I think it benefits Miami. Mm-hmm. But if, if it's a faster paced game and they're hitting the threes, I'm looking, you know, that's what Boston wants to see. I'm probably going to lean to the over in the game mm-hmm. if I play it. I just don't trust Boston because yeah. I don't yeah. know which Boston. Is showing up, and you said you don't want to be the psychologist. Well, which you know, there you want to talk about having multiple personalities. They have had it all. They yeah. they've won in different fashions, yeah. and they've lost in different fashions. You don't know which which way it's going to be. Yeah. And the games that they've lost, where they've blown leads, those are the ones that have my you just have me baffled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I like Miami in the game. Uh, for a couple of reasons, Boston's won a couple now, you know, and they're now Miami's back home. And I think the crowd 
you know, when you're at home, people don't realize your home crowd gives you that extra boost of energy. It really does. We saw that last night with Boston. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it really diving does. for loose balls. They, yep. they had the energy last yep. night, and I, and I think you'll see Miami coming out, and and that's that's one of the hallmarks of an Eric Spolster's True. coach team, anyway. Right, right, and they haven't been doing that, and I think he's going to go. Hey, tonight's the night, mm-hmm. you guys. It, it's all on the on the court. Leave it out there. So I like Miami at home. I think this is the first time in recent memory that I could remember that. The three of us have been together, and there's not a food wager on the table. (laughs) What is going on here? Not involving the Celtics. We cannot twist his arm on this one. Look, I think think we're all in agreement. We're not sure which Celtics team (laughs) is going to show. And we're we're throwing it out there, but we're not throwing it out there. And and it seems like both of you guys like the Golden Knights tomorrow night as well, too. Yes. So. Yeah, we'll have to wait for next time. Yeah, you know that's the it. good thing with the the Golden Knights is they're getting balanced scores. I don't know. I Every night it's from somebody else. Yeah. I think he likes the A's tonight, though. No, <laughs> no. no, no A's. Jazz, hopefully we can get it. I was trying. I was trying. That's a good. One. I mean, where would Dallas be without Robertson? They've yeah. gotten all their scoring from yeah. the one line. No, right. that's true. That's true. All right, Jay Schrader, we appreciate it, as always. Hey, summertime, does that mean we're seeing you more often now? Yeah, I can come down a little more often now, a okay. little, little more free time. Get ready good. for the football season and everything? Yeah. Good deal. That's good. All right, bring your glove next time. See if you still got the arm. You know, let's, 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 let's throw some of these patrons out at second base. You know, I, you, know? you still got I, the crouch? I, I, I got the crouch. I can't even turn <laughs> down. We got a chair here. You might throw somebody out. Yeah. I, I need I need I need Johnny Bench's stool. I need the old stool from Johnny. You know, I remember being a kid and going down there in training camp and watching him sit on the stool. Yeah. He's got it. That guy's got it. I don't know if I want to hear the word Johnny Bench and stool in the same sentence. <laughs> It's age right now, but we'll just leave it. Get down. your head out of the gun. Yeah, that's not me. Brother, appreciate you being here, man. Thanks. Thanks for having Anyways. me. All right. Always we'll, good. We'll come back in hour number two. Jay Cornegay. We'll go from one Jay to the other Jay, uh, the vice president of race and sportsbook operations here. We'll talk about where is the money going on game number six in the NBA Easter Conference Finals, as well as game five with the Golden Knights and the Stars tomorrow. Back at it right here inside the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. This is the moment you've waited for. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Aces with love a stop. Picked up by Gray. She can go coast to coast. There's three. There's two. She's going to launch from three. Chelsea Gray for three. Unbelievable. It's the TC Martin Show. Jackie's got it. Aces got numbers. Three on two. To Plum for three. KP, ring it up. Boom, shaka, waka, waka, boom. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. TC Martin. To Bay. She's open for three. She sees it. She's got the bucket. One, two, three times for Bay Bay. TC Martin. And you got that right. Money won't change it. Raquana. Bay Bay Williams. Boom. This is the greatest show. The ball is in the air. The Las Vegas Aces have won their very first WNBA championship. The doctor is now here. Oh, 
Hudson. Hour number two inside the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, Jay Cornegay joins us in hour number two here. And Jay Schrader just leaves us. Appreciate that. And, yes, the Las Vegas Aces back at home in action. Coming up tomorrow night. Looking forward to being back on the mic for that tomorrow night. And you can listen to us down the dial on ESPN 1100-100.9 FM as we... Get ready for ring night tomorrow night inside the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. The Los Angeles Sparks come to town. The team that the Aces beat last night. The Aces 2-0 in the young season. Covered one game. Did not cover last night. But yes, it is going to be a great night tomorrow night at the Michelob Ultra Arena inside the Mandalay Bay. It is ring night. And I can tell you that uh, Mark Davis has not uh, wasting any time, money, whatever. It is going to be an extravagant, elaborate ceremony tomorrow night. Not only will the, the players be getting their rings tomorrow night, mm. but uh, an elaborate uh, video presentation will be going on. You've got uh, a special halftime guest and singing the national anthem tomorrow night, the eight-time Grammy Award winner, Anita Baker. Wow. So it's going to be big time tomorrow night. What time does that start? Six o'clock. Wow. Okay. And we got the Golden Knights <laughs> at five o'clock. <laughs> so it's like. That wasn't planned. We were supposed to end this thing last night. Right. But yeah, that's a, that's awesome to, to see them get their rings. And that's going to be a special night for them, yeah. for, for all the fans as well. It's going to be great. So looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. And then we come right back with the game on Sunday as well. So you got back to back games uh, in the Minnesota Lynx on, on Sunday. And the Aces playing uh, very well last night. The Aces uh, defeat the Sparks. And, and uh, Jackie Young with a career high of 30 points in the 94-85 to 85 victory. A game where the Aces trailed by 10 at halftime mm. and came out smoking, outscored the Sparks 31-14 to 14 in the third quarter and uh, outscored them by, what, 22 in uh, the second half. So they're rolling. Becky Hammond serving her two-game uh, suspension. She will be back on the bench tomorrow night. So it will be great. And uh, a sellout crowd tomorrow night at Michelob Train. Jay, you have been to the games before, haven't you? Yes. And, yeah, so that's, that's, that's great. You support the Aces. And yep. uh, hopefully we look forward to seeing you out there this year as yeah. well, too. Oh, we'll, we'll be out there for at least a few. Um, but uh, next time you see Becky, tell her I said hello. I will do. I'll see her tomorrow night. Well, yeah. You know, CSU alum. That's right. She was. Uh, I don't think I, I've ever she, said that to yeah, her. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, she went to CSU. Yeah, and um, yeah, when of course I went to. I got. I got to go further back to when I was there, but <laughs> but I remember. I'm trying to remember because if I ever saw her, I was going to ask her. Um, they they had a really good team, and she was leading that team, and they were in the top, you know, twenty and. They're up there, one of the better teams that CSU had in a long, long time. Um, and then the next thing you know, they had to go play Stanford, like in the first round <laughs> at Stanford. Yeah, and I was that. like, I was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come on. It's yeah. like, you know, I think Stanford was number one. Sure. And it's like, wow, that's what we draw? Can't we? Can't we get like... Louisville and Denver or something, yeah, or, you know, like that, Kansas yeah. City or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, they were, obviously, Stanford was really good. But great run by uh, Becky at, at CSU. Probably the only two Ram alums that I know are, are, are Jay and Becky. I, I can't think of any, any other, you know, alums that I know. So, um, yeah. You never knew Lawrence <laughs> McCutcheon? 
Not personally, no. <laughs> Number 30 in your scorecard, though. I love Lawrence McCutcheon. I know. I'm trying to think. But you had to dig I, deep. I, I, I know. I did. I was like trying to think of some famous CSU right. uh, alumni here, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Think, I'm trying to think like from a basketball perspective even, you know, so there had to be a, a decent football or two guy in there. Oh, besides Eric, Eric Friedhoff? <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, never mind. Yeah, yeah. Which, which sport mind. does he play? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like, all right. Oh, uh, <laughs> I remember funny. when it, one of the first times I ever saw a UNLV team in person was back in 87. And they they were number, I don't know, they might have been number one, but they were like maybe in top three. And they came in, and our team was so bad. It was like, <laughs> let's go watch this. This is like number three country or number three ranked uh, team in the country. Yeah. UNLV Rebels coming in. We're like, okay. And we were watching them warm up. <laughs> I wish we would have had cell phones back in those right? days. <laughs> right? Because it looked like like a... You look like an NBA uh, team, uh, huh? Yeah, it was like an elementary school team <laughs> in this pro team. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. We are in... Yeah, we got slaughtered. I was going to say, how bad did you get crushed that It night? was bad. It was bad. But since then, you know, I moved out here. Uh, in uh, that year, actually, right. and um, um, you know, been a Rebel fan since. Really, mm-hmm. uh, it's a. Uh, I always root for the local team. So of course, all yeah. the local teams I'm, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for. I still root for obviously the Rams, but uh, not much to root for. Even though I saw Stevens coming back, yeah. he's coming back for his fifth year. Yeah, we thought he was going to transfer, but uh, uh, so that's a big piece of the puzzle there. Mm-hmm. There we go. Jay Cornegie uh, joins us here. All right, uh, Golden Knights. Tomorrow night, uh, game number five, uh, back at the Fortress. This series is still 3-1. And remember, and I know uh, some fans may be a little bit nervous because of all of the close games. These two teams are really evenly matched. I mean, we saw it during the regular season. Totally different type of series than Winnipeg and and Edmonton and the earlier rounds that the Knights faced. So we knew it was going to be kind of a grind-out series. And the 4-0 game has its excuses too. I mean when when you know the Ben gets you know ejected and the two game suspension for the cross check, the vicious cross check on Mark Stone, it was two nothing boom boom just like that. Next thing you know three and it's over. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people thought that the Dallas was going to like just fold. This team has a lot of pride. Their fans showed up last night and Dallas isn't done yet. And whatever happens tomorrow it's going to be a close game. I just have yeah. that feeling because every one of these games has been close, except for the four nothing game two games ago, and then the four nothing game way back when in the regular season that uh, the Dallas one. But I mean, look at it. We've we've had what four of these games between regular season, no five, you know, three, three, yeah, three in, in the, the postseason and two in the regular season that have gone overtime. Yeah, think about that. Well, we knew going five into of the, the eight this series, it was going to be tight. Yeah. I mean, they, the teams really mirrored each other and their style and, uh, you know, uh, veterans, a lot of experience on both sides of things. Um, yeah, I would expect a, a close game. I, I really feel like the Knights, and listen, I've, I've heard this before, but people said, well, you know, only so many teams have come back from 0 and 3, right? Well, now it's 3-1. Teams have come back from 3 and one, right? That's how you. That's how you look at this thing. Uh, if you're on the Dallas side, but going, if they were to, I don't know, sneak out a win at T-Mobile tomorrow night, going back home and getting Ben back and yeah. giving these guys life, I swear. Last night after that first goal, I thought it was over. Yeah. 
I, I, they were showing this. They were showing the stars players, and they all look like they just made triple bogey. You know, and you're just, you're just <laughs> like, what? He brings the golf term into it. <laughs> I thought they were gonna go golfing. You know, yeah. uh, at, at that point, yeah. and yeah. I, I thought, I, I, I certainly think that if they would have gone up by two, that that would have been the clincher, right? Because mm-hmm. they, I mean, Dallas came out slow, really, uh, right at the beginning. I, I thought they were, uh, they were there for the taking, and uh, we got that goal. But uh, we just, we just kept on playing tight. And next thing you know, they got one, and that as soon as they got there, that first one, because they hadn't scored like 176 minutes or something, mm-hmm. that uh, you know we gave them hope. So hopefully, uh, get that first goal tomorrow, get up to a comfortable number. Knights are dollar forty favorite in yes. this game tomorrow. Have you seen any early action as of yet? No, it's been trickling in on both sides. Uh, a little bit more on the nights, as expected. Um, I think the the count is ticket count is about two two to one in favor of the nights, but nothing real big. Uh, just a lot of uh, small bets rolling in, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's gonna. I, I think that's gonna be inflated a little bit tomorrow. I think we might see 45, 50. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I'm really comfortable with it, but uh, that's how I expect the, the betting to come in. Hmm. Which way are you going, Marco? Obviously, I, mean, I lean to the Knights, but I'm not going to lay that, that price with them in, in this game. And that's kind of been the opposite. I mean, the Knights, we've questioned, you know, that they've kind of been a little bit disrespected with the, the numbers. The Sharps have all, however you want to, you know, power rank or whatever, lower than their seeding has been, which is... It, it, it's mind-boggling to me. <clears throat> it really been is. The be- they've been the best in the West all yeah, all year. Yeah, and we you know, we said that Marco as, as they kind of advanced and were, were winning games. It felt like their power ranking was getting lower right. and lower and lower. And the Knights just kept on proving you know these power rankings you know wrong. So we'll have to see. I mean, I still feel a, a team that's up. Three to one. I know they've been very close, but it at times I think more times than we saw in Dallas' favor yesterday, last night we saw more times that the ice was tilted in the favor of the Knights more often than the Stars. Stars obviously had their moments, but I, I thought the Knights just kind of came out and and just kind of cruised around when they could really put their you know foot on their head and. And, and take care of business, but they just weren't able to do it. I didn't feel bad about, worried about last night's game until we got to like five minutes left in the third period when the Knights dominated the third period and couldn't get that goal. I said, not not feeling good about it. This is yeah. this is going to go into overtime, and and then it's going to be one of those, you know, a mistake, yep. a turnover, Puck you know, luck. whatever, you know. And it's what it is. I mean, we talked about. Most of the goals that Dallas has had in this series have been either off of a turnover or off a crazy bounce that's come right in front that you couldn't stop. Power play. Yeah, and the power play. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dallas two for two in the power play last night. And the Golden Knights only had one opportunity. They were 0 for 1 in the power play. But we were talking about the previous game, you know, game number three, where, you know, the, Dallas found themselves in the penalty box six times. Knights were one for six on the power play, and firmly expected. Okay, Dallas is going to you know try to settle down back against the wall, 
it was a, a great performance by Dallas, only committing one penalty, you know, last night. So I, I think that was it. And then again, when you get that opportunity to get in the power play, especially in the playoffs, you've got to convert. And I mean, two for two last night. So this has kind of been the situation with the Knights, you know, get themselves in trouble by, by going to the penalty box and then not cashing in, you know, on their own power plays. McNabb took both of them last yeah, night. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't understand why our power play or our uh, penalty kill, I should say, mm. isn't better. I mean, we all said this against Edmonton because Edmonton's got the best power play in the league. It's like, well, our 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 numbers are a little skewed because we play Edmonton a number of times and you know throughout the regular season, and then we played them in a series now. But Dallas, I know their power play actually is pretty good. All right, I, but didn't have Ben last night, and they still. What two for two? Yeah, two for two. That's that's a little <laughs> concerning for me as yeah. far as the penalty kill. And then the physicality that actually Dallas showed last night—they out hit the Knights forty-six to twenty-three. I don't know if you put much stock into that and shots on goal, but you know when you when you look at that and you go back to the game before when the Knights scored four goals, they, mm-hmm. they only had sixteen shots. They four they score four goals and sixteen shots. It's like how come they're not getting off more shots? Why are they you know? Getting out hit, more oh. physical. So I just don't think this Dallas team, again, they're a veteran team. So they're going to come in here. They're going to be ready to go tomorrow night. And they were ready to go in games one and two here. And unlucky bounce for them. Lucky bounce maybe for the Golden Knights in, in both cases. And I think we could say, you know, definitely in game two that was here, Dallas should have won that game. And they right. felt that way too. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. In yeah. the first game, Vegas dominated and almost lost mm-hmm. because it went to overtime. Right. And it was the complete opposite in the second game, but in the third game with the shots on goal, once the Knights had that lead, it was we're just dumping the yeah. puck. We're not they quit attacking. Sure. You know, when it was three yeah. nothing. You know, and they did get the fourth goal, yeah. but they weren't on the attack. Yeah, that's in that game. that's a good point. That's yeah. exactly what, what they, they did. did. Mm-hmm. They were just uh, protecting the lead. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a football team getting a lead, you know, and just not passing anymore. Yeah. That would be my fantasy quarterback. <laughs> In all of these games, like if, if you're watching at the beginning and you see these quick goals, you go, oh, this is finally going to soar over the total. But then it doesn't. Yeah. They, they're playing, you know, not to, right. you know, somebody gets the yeah. lead. No mistakes. They're just sitting on it and, you know, and then you go, how did this not go You're over? still messing with those totals, huh, <laughs> <Yeah>. man? <laughs> the totals drive five, me crazy. Five, oh, five and a half oh, yeah. the, the worst total. Right. Right. Oh. You're, you're sitting there. Worse for you, not for you know, Jay. Well, when you're sitting with it with a 2-2 game, <laughs> okay, yeah, just get to overtime. Right. Yeah. But then you give up that one goal and it gets to 3-2, and then you got to sweat. That you don't have that empty netter, yeah. you know, to get it there. But uh, <laughs> this has been, and they did the same thing in the Edmonton series. Remember how quick they would score in the yep. first period? They got yeah. shut off, <laughs> yeah. and then it stopped. I know you're smiling because we know the public loves the bet overs. They're they're not betting the unders. You know, I I <laughs> I I know exactly what you're saying about that. But you know, I got a personal life too. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and I've been on that side of the, you know, the coin. We're like, oh, man, you're like, you get a couple of early goals. Like, right? It's like, oh, it's 2 nothing. This thing's going to be wide open. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, it's 2-2 two to two with five minutes to go. You know, and you're like, okay. <laughs> if someone doesn't score, you know, you don't, obviously, you're going to lose this bet. But, you know, you're always hoping for that empty netter. But when it's 2 nothing in the first, I don't know, 10 minutes, let's say, of the game, and you have over five and a half, 
you're looking pretty good, right? <laughs> and it, it just doesn't even come close. Yeah. Well, there was the one Edmonton game where they, they both went back and forth in the first period. And I looked at the end game. It was nine and a half in the oh, first. Yeah. And oh, it yeah. still went under the original the original yeah, yeah. number. Oh, I'm like, wow. How? how? I would, <laughs> wish you would have texted me on that one. Yeah. <laughs> nine and a half. I think one of I don't those. think I've ever seen a nine and a half in hockey. Yeah. And again, I don't look a lot of in-game yeah. hockey either. No, I, I, I do remember seeing that. I think one did go over, right? One of them went over. Um, well, that's what, the 6-4 game. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the one I had yeah. under nine and a half. <laughs> So, I want to know what kind of sports better you are, Jay. Oh, as far terrible. as as far as uh, the emotional side, all right, are you one of those guys that you know oh, I hate to lose? I'm throwing stuff at the TV or at the screen, or is it? You know, eh, how are you emotionally with that? Uh, I'm pretty calm, really. Are you really? Oh yeah, I just I'm old now, so it's just like <laughs> I just kind of roll my eyes and like, okay, what's what, what's on Netflix? <laughs> That's. I, I'm not one of those guys that get all emotional. Mark was old too, but man, he gets fired up, man, when he's uh, losing. No, I, you know, you, you, if you probably wouldn't even know that I had a bet on the game. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm that stage in my life. I don't think I was ever that emotional. I, you know, I got a little upset last night because I really wanted them to win last night because I rotate season tic- or oh, tickets, okay. game tickets. Yeah. And that means I would have, if they would have won last night, I would have had game one tickets for the final. But now I got game five. <laughs> See, what is up with you guys? Seriously. Both of you guys, and I know a lot of people, they split these packages. Why don't you just get the package yourself? I mean, you looked at what the tickets price. Oh, you, you guys are high rollers over here, okay? And then you have these dilemmas. You know what I'm saying? And you can go ahead and sell the tickets with the games that you can't go and, and make some money. We, you know, we, the, we, we've the got day, a personal uh, the a days friend that of does that, that. The days of that are gone. The first year selling tickets was gravy. Yes, that, that was the thing. You're not getting the big money like you, you were before. Well, I know we're getting big money for the for this game five, and if there's yeah. a game seven, because I know people have. Are making bank selling their their game five tickets. Just wondering are they going to sell if they're going to sell them to Dallas Stars fans. Yeah. Well, you know, being a weekend, the they, they could roll to, in yeah, here. They'll come up. They'll yeah. be here. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, I saw. You know, change the subject. I, I just saw um, a baseball stadium. Did you guys see the renderings of the new ballpark? Did I got that email. That? I got the email today, but I didn't open it. Oh, I, you man. know, before the, the show. It, it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. And now, now they say. Yeah. That they will most likely, you know, make some subtle changes to it, but it looks awesome. It really does. It's uh, there you go. See that? Okay, yeah. I was just trying to open yeah. it on my phone. There. So the wow. the outfield will be facing the intersection. So that's what northwest, right? Right. Yep. And so home plate. So home plate would be in the southeast, hitting towards the northwest, towards the the uh, intersection, and. Um, I mean, they got all that room up there. I hope you know that little section where you go from the intersection, where it looks like a, a walkway. Yes. The, yeah. I hope they put trees there. They need like a I few would, more trees because shade. I always yes. complain. It's yeah. Like you're always going to need shade. Everybody migrates to the shade, and they need now. They have some in the parking lot. I see that, but that walkway would be awesome if you could put a few of those Arizona ash trees. trees. <laughs> Listen uh, to the gardener you know, here. Cardigan Gardener. I love it. The landscaper. <laughs> the perfect for the what desert. Is this what you majored in at CSU? Uh, That's good stuff. No, no, no. I don't even know what I majored in. <laughs> 
Seven-year plan. <laughs> Hold on, I'm still blown away. What did you call those trees? What were they called? Arizona Ash. Arizona Ash. Hey, T. Yes, yeah. sir. Who do they play for? Who? The the Arizona Ash. Who did the Arizona Ash play for? Yeah. I don't know. I figured that's a base, it's a sports team, right? The it sounds like it, doesn't it? It does. Oh, Arizona <laughs> Ash. Minor league team. I hate to mispronounce that last name too. You yeah. get yourself in uh, trouble there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta get the in there. Oh, uh, yeah, that is a great rendering, yeah, though, yeah, man. Well. That is a great rendering. Okay, just so to for our listeners at home, like you said, so home plate would be okay. Yes, so, back there. Yeah. So right, the the there, the left field fence would be basically the corner of Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard. Yes. Okay, that would be. Oh, well, left field. You can right scroll. There. I think you can scroll over and see if there's another one. Yeah, it's the only one oh, I, I, okay. down, I downloaded okay. yeah. it. The uh, it's uh, it's quite the I, I venue. How is this going to affect I, the I, sun? I, okay, you know how? Yes. You know, yes. granted, That's the I, other thing. I think most of these games are going to be played with the roof, you know, down or closed. I, I believe. So there we go. Yeah. The uh, well, here, here. Here you go. You look at that rendering right there. Yeah. Okay. If you look at the um, strip side, all right, the, yeah. the the angle that we're looking at, that bubble, okay, the sun sets on the uh, west side there. Yeah. That whole west side, that's where you need those trees. Yeah. <laughs> so I can tell you this right now, this this rendering that you just showed me, uh-huh. it's bogus. And I'll tell you why. Because this is the actual field of the current Oakland Coliseum. You see how much foul room? Yes. No way in the world you're going to have the foul no, room. No. And you see where these dugouts are? So right. that's kind of phony. But what I did it, notice that. Yeah. A lot of foul you know, so it's not going to right. be like that. They're yeah. going to be like the parks nowadays where it's, yeah. it's right here with like Houston but this and San Francisco. this is probably accurate. So this is accurate. Double decker. And, and I think what yeah. they're showing you here, which is cool, is that this is the, the glorious TV shot that you're going to get, you know, yes. the, the skyline above left field of... Across the street, yes, you know, of which will be cool. Of, of, the night game that's going to look great, you know, and that's basically, you know, you're seeing, you know, what what. Uh, I, I think you might only see that from the second deck or above if you're in the lower s- section. Kind of like when you when you go to San Francisco, yeah, you don't see the ocean when you have really good seats. That's true. You know, because you, you can't see above. You know, the, no. If you're in the upper deck, it's it, it's oh, pretty awesome. It, it, yes. But I'll use this as the Houston example. Okay, so Houston very similar. You left field like that. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting down low, you can still see because the sky. Right. I mean, these. I think you know, the casinos across the street. The you know that we're talking be about. California will be New New York, New York, New York, New York, and all that stuff. So that's right. what you're going to see in left field. I think that's cool. Um, I think it would be awesome because that view outside there. Um, on the other side of this, that's facing the strip in that section. Yeah. If that's a a concourse, that's kind of wide open. Yeah. And that you could just walk out there. Yeah. I mean, you you can get your drinks and stuff like that, and just see the strip yeah. out there. And that would be. Well, wouldn't you incredible. want to have a a a lower? You know, not having like a double decker in the outfield. You'd want to have that lower so you can have more of those sight lines, right. wouldn't you think? Yeah. You know? And they, then also that, that kind of cool thing of like, hey, they launched one on the strip. Right. Yeah. You know, that would yeah, be kind of yeah. cool. And how about if you're the MGM there? 
uh, you don't need to pay for any advertising. You, you, <laughs> you've got that full-blown advertising in right field with the with, oh, with the green sign, right? There's no doubt about that. Yeah. yeah. The Westgate would like that, wouldn't they? Sure. Remember, yeah. Right over build there. a ballpark across the street? Well, we have one in Canavan Yards. <laughs> this is true. You, you do. So we got to go 3,000-plus miles to go enjoy that, you know? Yeah. Um, you a fan about uh, the ballpark coming here? And the Ace coming here? I am. Here? I am. I'm, I'm, well, I'm a baseball fan, yeah. so I love baseball. I'm... I'm hoping that they come in and invest in a competitive team or a contending team. You know, uh, if they just let it run in the ground. I'm a Rockies fan, so I go through that almost every season. And this year, I'm just, <laughs> I just kind of bailed on them. The first time in, you know, since 93, I just said, I can't even watch them anymore. Yeah. They're just not competitive, and it's no fun. And it's really sad to look in a, a stadium like that and see, you know, 10,000 fans. It's, it's, and it's, you remember, I mean, the hype was big back there for that, right? I mean, you know, getting baseball there, mm-hmm. and it was like, cool. And then, and then it was like, oh, whoa, it's going to be home run derby. And then I remember, you know, from the sports book side, 13 is going to be total. You know, the total is going to be 13, <laughs> 12 and a half, and all those things. Well, and, remember the first year yeah. they played at Mile High Stadium. Right. And they had, and, yeah. and that held like up to seventy thousand, right. and they still hold the record today, of over four million fans in one for that first, uh, for that first that's season. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was is it, it was incredible. I mean, I go back to the Denver Bears days, the Denver Zephyrs, mm-hmm. and you know, Tim Raines and all those guys that yeah. used to play for those old teams. That, uh, mm-hmm. Our major league affiliate was were the Expos. Right. So a lot of our good players from the Bears and Zephyrs went to the Expos. But where's Warren Cromarty? Did he come? Andre Dawson? Did they come <laughs> through there. Dawson did. Yeah. 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 Uh, Love those teams. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really disappointing when you have a team and all they try to do is survive. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you, you, at least you had your moments. You know, '79 uh, was the last one. Well, a little. You had a little run in the early '90s. Early '90s with the you know Bobby Bonilla and the Barry Bonds teams. You got sure. a little run there. Yeah, Come yeah, on, they're man. good. You forgot that? Yeah. Sid Bream ended. That. Sid oh, Bream did. Oh, he's lugging around. He's lugging around there. Oh man. Oh gosh. 1992. Yep, that's when my uh, wife was pregnant with our first kid, and we had to go to the hospital for a tour. And it was like the, it was like the deciding game, and I was like, every room had the game. I, I was recording it. And my wife finally got so mad at me, and she goes, does anybody care if, you know, don't talk about the game because my husband is recording it. And so he just, so if, if you all could just not talk about the baseball game tonight, I appreciate it. This is the tour of the facility. And so I, I was so happy to make it back to our house without knowing the score, and Sid Bream comes lumbering around third because I, I, I can't remember. I had the Pirates for the... Uh, that was for the uh, pennant, by the way. Right? Yeah. Yep. And I had the Pirates for the pennant, and I was so upset. Van Slyke and all those guys. Yeah. Great teams. Great Sid Bream wasn't fast. It, no. It, it, that's it, right. It, lumbering. It, it, yeah. yeah. And it's like yeah. slow, but longest yard. I don't know why, who you're blaming. You know, it's your fault. You do realize that, right? I mean, you couldn't have got her pregnant like a, a month later or a few weeks later or, you know? It was an accident. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say anything more about that. <laughs> We cover it all here. There it is. <laughs> so, uh, um, before we let you go, because yes. I know you're a busy man here, and you can hang with us if you want. Yeah. But um, we we did do some digging during this segment. Our astute producer, uh-huh. Chuck, back in the studio. Famous Colorado State alumni. Nice. Drum roll, please. All right? From the sports side, how can we forget Joey Porter? Hey, oh, oh, of course. Yeah. I should have known, yeah. known that. You should have known that, right? Yeah. Right? And then to the entertainment world, are you ready for this one? John Amos. Really? John Amos. I didn't know Speaking that. of which, who did I say is here tonight and tomorrow performing in the Comedy Cabaret? Jimmy J.J. Walker. Oh, there you go. Good time. Nubchuck, <laughs> give me some good times. Where's the TV theme? That's right. John Amos. Wow. I had no yeah. idea. Of yeah. course, I remember Joey Porter. He yep. was a yeah. beast. That was a great team. Yeah. That team got, you know what? That team got ranked up uh, this early 90s. They got as high as fourth in the country. <laughs> Think about that. And they had one loss. They did. That would obviously never happen in today's world. But back then, nice. He's <laughs> actually dancing to the Good Times TV theme. I love it. John Amos, he was a great dad, too, man. Hey, he was a great dad. But more importantly, he was a great owner of a restaurant in Coming to America. McDowell's. Oh, McDowell's. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're not from McDonald's, are they? Right. <laughs> If Nunchuck wow. gives us some coming to America and some and some McDowell's, there it is. Wow. Who is his star employee? Do you remember his star employee? Louie. The, there it is, Louie Anderson. Yeah. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and soon I'll be going to the fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the big money comes <laughs> All right, fellas. Now your first job every morning will be to sweep this walkway. <laughs> then I want you to wash all the windows. Real good, too. And don't leave no streaks. Hey. 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 <laughs> what are you doing? Get there. Yeah, before I bust that. <laughs> John uh, Amos, baby. Uh, the yeah. pride of Colorado State. Yeah. The Rams. Oh, there I it is. You no got idea. That's a, that's See, great. That's great info. That's it. That, that's yeah. what we get here. Yeah, that's uh Assist Numchuck. La Casa, what did he call it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Just think, if you worked really hard for 30 years, you could have a place like this. Exactly. <laughs> that would be something. Uh, <laughs> Akeem! Oh, I love so it. Good. Uh, I just uh, I just wish I uh, you know, had the same hair as the Soul Glow guy did. You know? That guy, uh, he had some hair. But, uh, I just wish I had hair. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <you know. laughs> See, unlike unlike you, see, Jay and I, we had the perms back in the day, so you know. Oh, yeah. I, I had a yeah. perm way back when. Did you? There it is. There it is. Did you? Good. Nice. I got a perm. We were traveling on Europe because I didn't want to mess with it, so I was just like, if I just get a perm and be. But uh, it was not good. It was, it was not good. <laughs> Looking back, it was like. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, all right, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time to join us as uh, as usual. And uh, real quick, Boston, Miami. What do you got tomorrow? Where's you the action? What? Where's I the think, money? I think my our uh, yeah Miami ends it. I, yeah, it's both. I'm both tired. I'm again. tired of looking yeah. at Boston. Yeah, I think that uh, Miami ends it. Um, this this they'll be. I mean, they're, they're going to be jacked up. This mm-hmm. is it. They know they. This is it. You can't 
go back there for Game 7. You will lose Game 7. This is it for them. And uh, been, you know, underrated the whole playoffs. I mean, I by me as well. I, they surprised me, but, man, I think they have what it takes. I, I know Boston's been okay on the road for the most part, but... Uh, it's all on the table for Miami tomorrow. Do you have any liability with any of the teams, either the Nuggets or the Celtics or Miami at all? No, we just uh, had that Lakers situation going on, which was making everybody a little nervous. Uh, I, I told you uh, weeks ago, you didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought the like, Warriors would dispose of them, but, you know. Says the guy, that says, was going to be the Nuggets. Says the guy from the sidelines. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I could just be I'm just about ready to Riddle. get... Tortured here. They're, you're like, it's okay, Jay. It's all right. No, forget <laughs> uh, it. Like, was not winning nothing. Yeah. Well, so, so, yeah that was nice. Exhale. It was nice. You exhaled. I, you know, it yeah. was like everybody congratulated me after it was 3 0. I'm like, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Jinx. I don't, yes, exactly. Same yeah. thing with the Knights. I don't want to hear about it. I just want them to advance. Because that would be real exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. It would be exciting. But what about liability from a business standpoint? Oh, we're good. You're good? We're good. We have a little liability on the Knights, believe it or not, more so That's than we do here in Colorado and New Jersey. Hmm. Those sharp guys. you to watch them. Got to watch them. Got to watch them. Those are them sharp New Jersey guys. <laughs> there it is. Oh, we're live, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We are. <laughs> What? You getting okay. some some New Jersey listeners? There you go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. Tell them, to, tell them to check you <laughs> yeah. out. Then again, uh, they might be coming after you, you for know, some of those you, things you're saying. Huh? You never know. There it is. Well, That's thanks, it. guys. Hey, appreciate yeah. it as always. Yeah. All right. Jay Cornegay, the man here inside the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. We come back. Marco and I will wrap it up, uh, give you some more weekend thoughts here as we continue on this fabulous Friday at the Superbook. You know... You can be all the things you've always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, easy as one, two, three. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. Just let your soul go, baby. it oh so silky smooth. Just let Holly Rowe from ESPN, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. Tomorrow night at the Michelob Ultra Arena in the Mandalay Bay, the Las Vegas Aces. Las Vegas's first professional sports championship team takes the court and officially will be crowned champions tomorrow because... 
Not only are the players getting their championship rings tomorrow night, but also the banner will be raised to the rafters, the first ever inside the Michelob Ultra Arena at uh, the Mandalay Bay, and looking forward to that. Uh, remember, tip-off is 6 o'clock, and if you got tickets, you can come on down. Uh, if you're fortunate enough to have tickets, it'll be a sight, because uh, Anita Baker will be singing the national anthem. We've got a great halftime uh, entertainment as well, too. And, of course, uh, you've got a great video presentation going on. And, Marco, we were there the day that they were filming yes. the video. They actually like, like filmed the movie, and we're gonna, you're going to be seeing that mm -hmm. tomorrow night. And I know you're going to the game. So when you see the video presentation, you could say, I was there. <laughs> Marco can say, I was there. But uh, just so you know, if you are going to the game, okay, tip-off is at 6.02 tomorrow night. Got that, Chuck? 6.02 is tip-off. Okay. And uh, the ring ceremony actually begins at 527 tomorrow night. Now, we understand the Golden Knights are playing, so we know fans will be in tune to watching that. They also, you know, people will be at the Fortress for that. It's unfortunate that the Knights had to lose last night. Yeah. And now you got both games going, you know, at the same time, a half a mile apart down the street, uh, you know, going within an hour of each other. But as far as the Aces tomorrow night, very special night, ring ceremony, raising the championship banner tomorrow night. Um, a lot of celebrities will be there. Uh, maybe even your new owner, Tom Brady, could be in the house this weekend as well, too. So that is going on tomorrow, the Aces against the L.A. Sparks. The two teams played last night in Los Angeles at the Crypto.com, formerly the Staples Center arena last night and the aces won 90 45 aces won the opener in seattle last saturday uh by 41 points so they're 2-0 looking good and uh will be a fantastic season so looking forward to that and again if, you, if you're not there you're not catching on tv you can join me on the call on the radio side on espn 1100 100.9 fm pregame at three at 5 30 and uh tip off at six o'clock so going to be looking forward to that and uh, pregame show tomorrow night, uh, Asia Wilson will be joining me, Becky Hammond as well too. Sunday, Candace Parker will be joining me. So uh, giving all that to you. And uh, we'll be doing the away games uh, as well this year too. So, Marco, that means it's more fill-in time for you. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be jetting all over the place. Looking forward to to going on the road this year at uh, um, just about all of the, the away games, too. We have an expanded season with the WNBA this year. We have 40 games. And, you know, the numbers are are in as well, too. So with the Aces game against Seattle last week, they had over 600,000 viewers on that. The game where Brittany Griner played uh, in, in her first game back, the Phoenix Mercury's uh, opening that night against the Sparks, uh, 700,000 nice. people watched that. So... The numbers are up with the WNBA, so for those naysayers out there that uh, are slow to watching the WNBA, you see the product. It is fantastic. It's been growing and growing and growing. Uh, now with the collective bargaining agreement, salaries are up for the players. You are seeing the endorsement deals. You see Asia Wilson all over the place in the AT&T commercials. You see her in the Ruffles commercials. Did you get your Ruffles? You know, I haven't got my Ruffles yet. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to say something about uh, that tour uh, as well too. And uh, you know, I went back and was because we posted that interview up on the website. It's up there now if you want to listen to the Asia uh, Wilson interview. She promised me seven bags. Did you realize that? She said I was seven. There. I was there that day. I know you were there, but I didn't 
hear seven bags until I reheard it the other day. Seven bags. Four, ruffles. four for you, three for me. Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> You're on a diet, though, aren't you? You can't have potato chips. Uh, ruffles have ridges. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Uh, Aces, I know that you have... You, you you are handicapping the WNBA as well now. I know you've you, you've kind of become a fan. Hopefully, you'll give me a little credit for that as well too. You will be at the game, uh, you know, tomorrow night. But some thoughts on the Aces start? Uh, tremendous, as I told you before we come on. I didn't actually uh, release any games. I really was close to doing it last night. I was going to take the Sparks plus the points. I thought the line was inflated. Then when the injury uh, news came down about 30 minutes before game time, you saw that line spike from 12.5 to 14 immediately and it ended up closing at 15.5. And you know me, I'm a situational type guy. TC, I thought it was a bad spot. For, mm-hmm. for the team last sure. night, coming off the, the season opener in which they just rolled Seattle. And we talked about Seattle's a team that, you know, they totally had to, you know, revamp the lineup. Sue Bird retired and everything. And so they were a team in transition and going up against a loaded Aces team that was just too much. I thought that, you know, maybe a little bit of a letdown. Plus, it was the second game of the suspension for Becky Hammond. We know that. You know, I treat that kind of the same way I do with the injured player theory. The team, you know, focused the first game because she wasn't there and so forth in the, the opener. And then that was sandwiched in between. You've got to be excited about the home opener. You know, they did all of this. We were there that day. You could see the smiles on all of the players. And Candace Parker, you know, when we were sitting <laughs> at the table, every time she went by, they had a little interview yep. uh, room. That she was coming out. She's doing a dance, trying to make us laugh right. while we're on the air. And it's just the team is loose. It's, and when we did the interview uh, with you know the, the GM, uh, you could just see in her face. I even made the comment. I said, you look like a kid on Christmas Eve <laughs> waiting for Santa to come. You, you can't wait for the season yeah. to start. And she just said about, you know, I can't tell you anything about you know what's going to happen opening night, but you want to see it. The best part of my job with a team is what you just described: the, seeing those players outside of the game situation. It's phenomenal to be there to call the action, and again, it is. It's the toughest league to make a roster because there's only 12 teams. There's 12 players in a roster. There's a 144 players, and to make a WNBA roster, it's stacked from top to bottom. Every team, the product is is great. Improved rapidly over the last 27 years. But the personalities of a lot of these teams, but especially the Aces, and you've got a chance to, to see some of that now as well, too. And I'm glad that you've been able to see that. But it's great because they're fun. They care about each other. Chemistry means everything. And that's why this team has the ultimate chance to go back-to-back and, and win another championship because – when they were tooling this roster and putting it together with Natalie Williams, the general manager, and Becky Hammond, the head coach, and Nikki Vargas, the president, it was like, let's make sure that we keep some of these key components. Sydney Colson is a very good basketball player, but she's been in this league you know, nearly 10 years. She's not going to get much playing time, but she doesn't need to play to have an effect on this team because she's the glue. She's the veteran. She's been around. She's she's seen it all, and she keeps them loose. And she's the, the class clown. The, she's the comedian. And over a long season where you have these stretches and, you know, they got a road trip. You know, the first long road trip is coming. I mean, think about four 
rather, six of their first eight games are on the road, and they're going to go back east. You know, for a, you know, they're going to play four games in in eight days. I mean, there is there is a lot to that, and you've got to keep everybody fresh. You got to keep them motivated. They got to be fun. But then when you have you know people like Asia Wilson and Chelsea Gray, and like you said, now with the addition to Kansas Park, these are pros, pros, and they are really. Um, they're just fantastic human beings. So to be around them is, is fantastic. Perfect. Man, Jake Cornegay is here, and, he, and he's flat. I just, I, I, I have a white, a white polo in a black. I can't make up my mind. What if each? What if each? They're three quarters. These are fantastic. Now hold on. Let's let's throw John Murray under the bus. Yeah. I mean, how long has he been promising on this? And you, he says, yeah, I'm gonna order them for you. I gotta order. I'm gonna order this and that. He just just goes out of his his closet there. Jay's the man. He's a man. He's the man. He's been hiding the whole time from us. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate this. There it is. Nice. But anyway, yeah. So being around this team and. uh, the cool people that they are, th- that's what's that's fun. And that comes across when you hear the interviews with them. I, like I said, it, it, and Candace Parker's the new piece, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, Woody, she's a legend in the league, you know, yeah. for her Hall of Famer. She's got, yeah. And for her to be there and, and clowning around and lose, it, yeah. it, you know, yeah, I left the facility that we were at that day, went home, told the missus, hey, you want to go to the game? Got online, grabbed my tickets. You did? Yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right. Um, there'll probably be a heavy favorite tomorrow against the Sparks. Dierke Hamby will be back in the building. Very happy for her because she'll be getting her championship ring with the Aces. She played pretty well against the Aces last night, but now it's going to be emotional for her coming back home and considering she didn't want to be traded and suspension came for Becky Hammond because of her comments with Dierka Hamby. So that would be kind of emotional, you know, tomorrow night. And I think each party, um, the Aces and Dierka Hamby would probably wish that that was an opening night. But it's cool that she's going to get her ring and be there tomorrow night. And I guarantee that was part of the scheduling as well. So you know how it is. it's just like NFL and all these you know, NBA Christmas Day games. You know they want they want to get the glorious matchups. You know it's a business. The, okay, it is, it, it, and we're it, seeing it, that it, in the WNBA now. Yeah, where it matters. And you talk about the popularity of how it's growing and as rapidly as it's growing. Well, one, when you've got an owner like Mark Davis, not only is he he's changing things here, the culture with the Aces, but now it's a trickle down effect. The other teams, oh, look at this. <laughs> you know, you either change and move with the times or you're going to be left behind. So kudos to Mark Davis and everything he's done. But we even talked about it, remember, this year with the women's college basketball, how the ratings were sky high, you know, on their final four and stuff. It's it's a different era now. And uh, we're lucky to have it. And to have a team as loaded as this team is, I mean, usually when you have a championship, you know, there's not enough basketballs. There's not enough money to make everybody happy. You you lose somebody in free aid. This team, the nucleus is locked for a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. And when you go to a game, and you can attest to this, because I believe last year was your yep. first game, right? Yep. Once you go, you're hooked. And it is a spectacle. The Golden Knights have that spectacle. The 
Aces have the exact same thing, but a little bit different twist. But, again, it's star-studded. They're coming out there, and you're on top of the action. And I think what's cool, too, especially when the NBA Summer League is here, you're seeing the NBA players supporting. Again, you know, Kobe Bryant, when he was live, he would be here. LeBron James comes. I mean, the who's who. Uh, you know, the, the icons from, from Bill Russell. Again, Tom Brady, football players, they all come. And you're right there, and you can see that. And not only is it a great product, but it's a great atmosphere. And um, looking forward to tomorrow night and Sunday as well, too, as we start the home portion of the season. It's just beginning to see if the Aces can go back-to-back. All right, uh, Marco, some sad news here. I want to – breaking news. I want to – this place was near and dear to my heart as well, too, because, you know, I was always – even though I didn't grow up in Chicago, I frequented Chicago a lot. And, you know, as a Cubs fan, as a kid, and then, you know, working in Green Bay, I just loved going to Chicago. My favorite racetrack, the demolition of Arlington Park, is getting ready to happen. And remember, the Chicago Bears own that area now. Demolition time for Arlington Park. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the Arlington Million. That was, yeah. the, that was the big race there. They had the last one there I think, two years ago. Um it's sad. It, it, when I think of Arlington Park being uh, tore down, reminds me of Hollywood Park. Remember when Hollywood yeah. Park got you know tore yeah. down in California and you know put up a mall. Uh, so it's you know racing is it's tough. And uh, what saved racing in a lot of states, including mine, the racetrack that I race at, is the addition of casinos. Uh, we would have lost a lot more racetracks over the years if it wouldn't have been for casinos tying, you know, partnering up with racetracks. Uh, I would say probably the majority of the racetracks around the country do have a, a casino tied to it. Did you ever get a chance to go to Arlington? I never got to Ar- Arlington. I can tell you, I, it, it was great. And again, Arlington Heights is a great community. It's an affluent community. Uh, I love that area, and I love going to Arlington Park, uh, you know, almost as much as I like going to Wrigley Field. You know, just uh, you know, for me, you know, yeah, Soldier Field, you can have that. But anyway. You know, One of my favorite racehorses I bought back in the day, we bought from Maywood Park. Yeah. From old Maywood yeah. Park. Yeah. yeah. Old Cicero. May, <laughs> yeah. May, May, you know, Hawthorne and Maywood. Yeah, the old harness. I, hey, I spent many a nights here in Las Vegas, you know, going way back when, when I was my first stint here in the 90s, st- sitting here at this book right here yep. and several others, watching the harness races between, you know, Maywood, Balmoral, Hawthorne, Cal Expo back in Sacramento. Yeah. yeah so I pr- had that appreciation. No question about it. All right, my friend, uh, Boston, Miami, we're staying away tomorrow. As of now, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give it to you, just you're, like I gave it to you. I'm giving it to you. You're gonna give me the heat. I'm, I'm gonna give you the heat on a teaser to the teaser, aces. Please. To the aces you, tomorrow. Come you, on, man. You know the Jump a- on it. The aces are gonna be. They were 14 and a half on the road. What teaser are they down. Be? What are they gonna be here? They're gonna be. It's not out yet, but it's, they got to be 16. It, it shouldn't be 16, but you're right. All right, we'll find something else. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, little first half wager, maybe? Come out smoking? I'll, that's a good call with the Miami Heat, yeah. All right, VGK, Dallas tomorrow night. Going to lay uh, the buck 40 or so? Probably climb up to 150, 155 maybe by, by face-off, don't you think? Put them in a money line parlay with somebody. Yeah. 
Okay. I know you love your Astros, so you can, there, yeah, there you go. Thank you. Very nice. Vegas Golden Knights and uh, the Astros for money line parlay. I want to thank Jay Cornegate for joining us. Jay Schrader, the quarterback, our quarterback. Appreciate him for rolling by like uh, he usually does here, especially during the football season. Good to have him here uh, during uh, the springtime here. Have yourself a great weekend. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check it all out. Go to wagertalk.com and get Marco's uh, five-star plays as well, too. Handicap in a variety of sports. Appreciate uh, everything that uh, you do for Wager Talk and all the guys over there, Marco, and appreciate you. And look forward to seeing you back here on Monday. The bookend. Uh, the bookend guy, Monday <laughs> and Friday. Question for you. Marco D'Angelo with us. Yo, Chuck. Will the A's win a game by Monday? You would think they have to maybe win one, but they're playing the Strohs, and the Strohs won every game. Dusty's not going to take it easy. I say no. <laughs> the, the losing streak continues. Let's see what happens on Monday. Let's, let's roll. See how that. That's something to look forward to. All right, get out there if you can. And enjoy the, the Aces tomorrow night and the Golden Knights as well, too. And we come back on Monday. We'll have all kinds of great stuff to talk about. Monday's a holiday. Are we even working? Oh, it's Memorial right. Day. Oh, that's right. Do we want to work? We might be taking the day off. We might see you on Tuesday. To be determined, what do you think? Should we work on Memorial Day? My, my man, I'm, I'm, my man's walking by. He's like, what? what do you think? Call it. You're my boss. No. no. He says no. There it is. All right. Stay tuned. Nemchuk wants a day off. All right. Tell everybody, have yourself a good one. Enjoy the games this weekend. And uh, we'll catch you maybe Monday. Definitely Tuesday. TCMartinShow.com. Have a great weekend. And happy Memorial Day. <laughs>